Let me set the scene for you. It's 1997. I'm in my early 20s and I find myself with a steady job and disposable income for the first time in my life. And so, as a responsible adult, I find myself asking the important questions. I really liked Transformers. Didn't I read someplace that the TV series continued in Japan after it had been cancelled in the US? Why don't I ask the internet? Yes, it may surprise you to learn this, but we did have the internet in 1997. A few weeks later, there was a stack of meticulously labeled VHS tapes in my mailbox. I rushed home, popped in the first tape, labeled Transformers Headmasters, into the VCR and was delighted to see the familiar characters in new situations. Only... hang on a minute. The voices were in Japanese. Made sense, I suppose, considering the show was, you know, made in Japan. But these copies weren't dubbed into English, nor were there subtitles. I knew that Japan didn't count the three-part Rebirth finale, probably not a terrible idea, so this story took place after the return of Optimus Prime. But that's pretty much all the information I had, because, well, I don't speak Japanese. I had only my exhaustive knowledge of the franchise and my wits to help me. So, here now is my best attempt to interpret what the hell was going on in the first episode, Four Warriors Come Out of the Sky. Okay, so, it's the far-off year of 2011. The story opens with Galvatron and a bunch of his dudes showing up at the Cybertron end of the Space Bridge, which has been here and functioning since the 80s, who says that it hasn't. Shockwave is nowhere to be seen, so the new guys, the fabled headmasters of the show's title, just crash through the ceiling rather than using the door. I can only assume Shockwave must be dead by now, because I can't imagine he'd stand for that kind of crap otherwise. A solid handful of older Decepticons, the Terracons, Combaticons, I think I see a Stunticon in there, follow behind, and at least they use the existing hole rather than causing further pointless damage. Meanwhile, Spike is having a tea party with his wife, which is interrupted by meteors. Spike rushes into the Autobot control room, and even though I can't understand a single goddamn word, it's still pretty clear to me that Spike is the only one that knows what's going on here. Meanwhile, on... Earth? Optimus Prime is hanging out with Hound. Oh man, remember Hound? And a bunch of other guys. Hey look, it's Sideswipe and Jazz! Seriously, this show did a great job of keeping older and newer guys in the mix. Which is even cooler when we get to the many, many battle sequences, because oh my god! I mean, the production values may not be as high as the movie, but the sheer scope of the fighting makes up for it. This is what I always wanted from Transformers, a bunch of robots trying to kill each other. And Headmasters does not disappoint. The first commercial break happens, revealing this show's bizarre, apparently English catchphrase, Heads On. Which, I guess, makes sense given that they're Headmasters and all, but, well, it's still weird. Returning from the break, we discover, I think, that something's going on with Vector Sigma, who looks more like a cool computer brain and less like a novelty baseball like he did in the US. Spike seems to know what's going on with this ancient alien relic because he's awesome. On, I don't know, a different part of Earth, a million guys are fighting too. And we meet Sixshot, who's apparently a ninja. And the show manages to do something that the movie or the US show never did. They make Ultra Magnus kind of a badass. And then they top this seemingly impossible feat by making Wheelie a badass. You heard me right. I mean, Wheelie and Daniel are annoying as hell together, even when I can't understand what they're saying, but Wheelie manages to defeat fucking Trypticon, and later he beats up one of the Predacons. I, I just don't even have the words. Then we meet the train bots. I assume that's their name. It kind of sounds like that's what they're saying. Okay, it's kind of cool to have a combiner team that actually works together. I mean, as much as I love the Combaticons, the presence of the space shuttle and the team of military vehicles always baffled me, but the train just drives everywhere. And sometimes it flies. Uh... Metroplex makes an appearance, and he's more like the toy than he was in his American appearances, which is nice. Oh, and apparently the Autobots have a space bridge now. Maybe these things are just super common in... uh... 2011. 
I was in trouble three words into that sentence. Back at one of the many headquarters, Cup and Spike are monitoring some kind of monitor blip. Then Cup tells a story of long ago. It's a sad story. I can tell because of the weepy violin music. Then we see Fortress Maximus flying through space looking cool. Then all the Combiners fight and the Autobot Triple Changers show up and then holy fuck this is amazing! It's particularly cool how the teams are grouped together in this. Whatever wage slave animators were running things actually paid attention to things like color schemes and who belonged to what subgroup. It's refreshing. Under this kind of leadership, I bet I'd be able to tell Skywarp from Thundercracker. Then the Autobot headmasters show up and introduce themselves. Presumably a bunch of trash talking happens because regardless of what language it's being done in, the tone and body language of trash talk is pretty obvious. I have no idea what they're actually saying, but I suspect the things I'm imagining for them are much better anyway. Then it ends, before the story finishes, because this show actually unfolded its story, such as it was, over several episodes, which is one more awesome thing to add to the growing list of awesome things. Oh, and it's not over yet because we get a sneak peek at the next episode, which features an awesome sound wave blaster fight. I mean, it doesn't take place in a hypnotic nightclub or anything, but it's still pretty cool. And then, this show still isn't finished giving because the end credits are bug nuts insane. Spike and Daniel actually act out the transformations of each headmaster, which makes absolutely no sense and is kind of amazingly brilliant. So, yeah, unsurprisingly, I adored this. I have been since made aware of the existence of English dubbed or subtitled versions of the series. Apparently there's a Hong Kong-based dub that, among other things, refers to Fortress Maximus as Spaceship Bruce. And actually, Shout Factory officially released Headmasters on DVD in the US for the first time not too long ago, because Shout Factory is awesome. So I could easily go back and see what actually happened, I guess. I don't know. I'm pretty happy with my interpretation, honestly. I want to thank all of you who have watched and supported all this stuff. People are still discovering these reviews, apparently, which delights me to no end. Occasionally people ask me why I don't review Beast Wars or Transformers Prime or whatever, and I wanted to talk about that real quick. For me, this is an exercise in looking back at something I loved as a kid through the eyes of an adult. I'm sure the more recent series are better written and all that, but they weren't there for me when I was 10. I just can't look back at something if I'm seeing it for the first time. It just wouldn't be the same. Uh, if you're interested in what else I'm up to these days, you might want to check out the two weekly podcasts that I produce. The Post-Atomic Horror takes a look at Star Trek in much the same way I looked at Transformers in these reviews, and Sarcastic Voyage is an overall comedy show with interviews, sketches, and all manner of silliness. Both shows can be found at my website, algar.com. Thanks again for all your support, and oh yeah, I need to pick a quote of the episode, don't I? <laughs>